0: So get your hearts ready. Get your hearts prepared for for what God has for us because He's setting us up for some things, and He's setting you up for some things. Amen. Is your heart ready? Do you want to take the next step with Jesus, or do you just want to go to church on a Sunday? I, I, I I want whatever God's got for me. I want, I want something because I know that God has always got, to, you know, you, I've often said that word, but that the word mystery, if you go and study the word mystery, it, it's actually revealed by degrees. It's not because the, 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 we talk about the mystery of godliness and mystery of things, but, but really it's revealing that you as you walk in this thing called discipleship, as you live this life called discipleship, it is a life journey. Let me tell you what, discipleship is not a course. It's not a course. Well, I was discipled back in night. No, you weren't. You started discipleship. You started. You live a life as a disciple. You are always in the process of learning. No matter how young you are in the Lord or how old you are in the Lord, if you've stopped being discipled or you're not not living a life of discipleship, then you should be. You should. you should be growing. You should be, you should be coming more like Jesus. There is always more to learn. And in this mystery, this mystery is revealed in degrees. It's, it's kind of as you learn something, you are setting your heart and your life up to learn the next thing. If you don't learn this thing, you won't be able to learn that thing because this thing, that thing is built on this thing. That thing is built on this thing. You need this thing for your eyes and the eyes of your understanding, the eyes of your heart to be able to understand, to grasp and see where you can take you to the next thing. That is not qualification. We've been qualified in Christ. That's not earning God of anything. That's just, that is just moving in a life of discipleship and getting to know our God, getting to know who He is, get to experience who He is, and we can walk in this thing called abundant life and we can lay hold of that which is truly life amen so um you know this this mystery is definitely is is just it's just a process so in, in any case um I, 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 you know, you was away this, this uh, last week or so, uh, almost two weeks. In fact, I was up in the mountains in Colorado, and I spent some time with the Lord, and I really, it, it, I really just had some really awesome time with the Lord. I, I just so appreciated the goodness of God. You know, it's so wonderful when you are just. When God just strikes you with His goodness and you understand how good, or you start to understand a little deeper or more about how God, God's goodness is. And, you know, I really believe Lake Haven, God's got something special for us here. I really believe that we will be a bastion of God's love and an encounter of His love. I want people who walk onto this, problem, into this property to know His love. Those of you who have been here a while, I want you to become so established in your love that people can't deny. They're going to walk up to you and ask you why you are glowing with the love of God. Why is, he, why is His love shining out of your eyes? Or why? What is so different about you? In Walmart. You can experience the love of God and His goodness to that degree. I, I, I honestly, as I believe that there's going to be a time that people are going to walk onto this property and experience the love of God, and they're going to experience the healing of God just because that is who we are determined to know. We are determined to know Him and make Him known. We are determined to know His love. We don't arrive with that. If we ever, please, please hear my heart, if you ever think you know something, you don't. If you ever really think, oh, I, oh, I, I, I know that. You don't. You don't because eternal God is exceedingly abundantly above and beyond the height, breadth, length and depth of his love that passes knowledge. That's right. So passes knowledge. It's so exciting. We've got an exciting adventure to walk in this goodness of God and this love of God. And lest you think that I'm just saying, oh, well, you know, Shannon, you're just talking, or you only talk about, it. you know me, this walking in the love of God and walking a life of discipleship is a life of responsibility. In fact, freedom, walking in the grace of God's freedom and responsibility go hand in hand. And that's not what I'm going to talk about this week. But, this, so I've got to, but there is absolutely, you, you cannot walk in freedom without having walking in responsibility. You cannot lay, let me say it a different way. You cannot lay hold of the freedom of God without the willingness to take responsibility. You can't. You cannot. They just mutually are very attached anyhow. And I was, I was. <laughs> my dad's back in town. <laughs> um, Cora I was watching last week online, and I was so grateful for our team here, man, and, and, and like T said, I mean, thank you for the worship team, but so, you know, the invisible folks that you never see that are always part of this, that are just making it happen. You know, I, I, I you know, uh, Marsha's here from Montana. She says she watches from Montana, and I've heard, I know other people watch from Montana and other places, but you know, just the ability that, that people are watching online and participating online is becoming a, 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 a thing nowadays. I've heard some people prophesy that there will only be a time, this is, this, is a, this is a time that we have this opportunity. I don't know if that's accurate or not, quite honestly. But I thank God for everybody that's making that happen. You know, so, so if, you know, if we've got people stuck in the back room there making that happen. And we've got people, we've got Corin. in fact, is, is here. She's just teaching children. So there's so many other things that are, that are jumping in that that. That make all of that happen, so we're so grateful for that, but Corinne, last week had a great message on her heart, and she I, I just loved that word that struck me and because she broke down shame and and she said that you know you can you can feel shame and you can you can be you can and, and you can, she worked this and like and she, her, her main point at the end was there to be unshamed, and I love that in the sense that you can be de shamed you can, you can God has. Jesus has taken your shame, taken my shame away. And you know what? It's not like he just said, hey, you know what? Let X, Y, let me just scratch off your shame. If you've got shame, oh, don't worry about it. You don't have any shame anymore. He's going he's gonna to wave his little magic finger and suddenly you don't have shame. No, Jesus literally took the shame that was on you and put it on him. He wore your shame. He took your shame on his physical body while he was breathing oxygen on this planet. Do you know, fun fact if you want to call it fun, it's just a fact, not really fun, but do you know that when people were crucified, they weren't crucified with a little underwear on, like on all the pictures you see? You know that. They were stripped naked. Just let that soak in a little bit. Jesus was stripped naked. They, they ridiculed the person. They had fun ridiculing. You wonder why Jesus, it wasn't just, oh, he was nailed on a cross." No, besides being whipped and everything. He, he was punched. People loved. when he fell down, he would have been kicked in the face. He was shamed. He was stripped naked. They mocked and ridiculed and tore him. He was shamed for you. He took your shame. You don't have to carry shame any longer if Jesus has taken it for us. You don't have to carry sickness any longer. You don't have to do what he has, take what he has taken for us. And so I, I just love that. So I just really appreciate it. Um Karen and T and others that that come and minister here and and so grateful for that, but you have been unshamed, you know carrying shame and and, and that's certainly not my say. but carrying shame is such a destructive emotion. If you are carrying shame in your life, then you have not. Embrace the reality of what the gospel is about in that area for yourself. I'm not saying that you're not going to heaven or anything like that. I'm saying that you have freedom yet to experience. You have freedom to let go of your shame. And, and so stick with us. Come to D Group, whatever it is. Release that shame. You don't need to carry shame any longer. You can live freer than you can imagine. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. So, so. I, um, you know, the, the message on my heart today um, was, was this, was keeping it simple. I, I, fe- I, felt, I felt like that, that I, I've, I've got a couple of Sundays, but this Sunday and next Sunday, and then we're going to have um, our guest speakers that I mentioned earlier. And, and, and really, this, the, the simplicity of the gospel is essentially, it, it, the, the, the simplicity of what we have life is not super complex. I think religion tries to take something and make it hyper-complex and it's full of, uh, and it becomes full of ritual and, and methodologies and, and almost uh, catechisms and, and things like that. And I, and, and I don't mean to put a spin on, on, on words here, but, but you can do it in any, in any organization, in, in any church environment, you can make it all about the process. And, 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 you can, and suddenly you start leaving this realm of, exp- of knowing who God is and, and knowing and having a personal relationship with Jesus and making the reality of what we're experiencing here together and encouraging one another here together is, is this reality of this relationship. This 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 relationship with Jesus that when we get together in fellowship we're excited to share about what God is doing in our lives and what God is saying in our lives and whatever and and the gifts start operating right when when you feel like, oh you know what I have a word for you and so on and so on. but but there's this reality of just of, of just experiencing this and, and we can we can take all of that reality of the of that and and sort of just make it sort of a ritual. And man, that is so terrible. It's, it, religion creeps in almost so, so deviously into our lives. And, and we, start, we start making it about what is the formula that I did before I felt that way. Well, I sang three songs, and I listened to this one, and I, I said these prayers, and I spent this much time in the Bible, and and then, you know, I, my emotions were having highs and lows, and, you know, I, I, would, I would have these super highs with Jesus, and then I would have these these super lows, and, and so in my walk with God, I was like, okay, Lord, why do I have this big up and down? Why do I have this emotional high with Jesus, and then a little while, I'm having a super low with Jesus, and, 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 and you know, and, and so... You start, you start learning, well, hold on a second. So you start formulaizing. What did I do when I had my high? I want to stay. I want to live on the quote-unquote mountaintop. I'm not speaking to anybody here, right? Nobody can identify <laughs> But what did I do to you know? It seemed like this and it seemed like that. Well, I'm telling you, you you can live in a more uh, normal and a more emotional. You've heard some. of You've heard me talk about this, but you can you can you can live in a more. Uh, you, you you can have your highs and lows not get so dramatically big and small. You when you when you get things established in your heart and beliefs established in your heart, you can live at more of an even keel. And 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 uh, I, I'm 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 excited to get to what a series that I'm going to do next month, but. But what I wanted to get to today was this piece, you know, that, that really there is simplicity. We can embrace a great simplicity. And, and the complexities that, that we, we often feel like is often, I'm going to give you a secret, I'm going to, you know, right now, is that when you find things difficult or complex with God, it's because you don't want to let a certain belief go. You see, when you, when you abandon yourself, when you abandon yourself into Jesus' hands, and you abandon your belief system, and you are willing to become humble and teachable, and it says, you know, You're blessed, blessed are those that are hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. When you are willing just to come with open hands, and not with a set agenda, and not with a set tradition, and not with a set mindset, then then you will find that things work and much easier than you could have imagined, and much better than you can imagine. But because we hold on to things that we think are comfortable, you see, we, we hold on to our traditions, we hold on to whatever it is, you hold on to it so, you white-knuckle, hold on to it so tightly because it's what you know. This is human nature, people. You hold on to what you know because it's what you know, and you think, well, it's more comfortable to be with what I know. Better the devil, I know, Right? You think that, but I'm telling you, it's like that with belief systems. You, I, and I'm not saying you have to embrace Shannon Carroll or Lake Haven Church's belief system. I'm saying we have to take the word of God and you've got to abandon yourself to God and you've got to be this disciple that is willing just to say, Okay, Lord, teach me. Right. And when you do that, you will experience simplicity. Otherwise, you're going to be so convoluted trying to make it fit. How many of you remember one of these? Remember these? When you were kids, some, some, of, the, some of us remember these. We, when, when, you, when you have one of these and you have some of these when you were a kid, right? I love this this toy, of course, that's right. You know, it's like you, if you are trying to make something fit that doesn't fit, you can work it. It's going to fit in one way or another. I know it's going to get in there, right? But when, you know, you, 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 you look for the... You know, what? Where's my right shape over here? Here you go. You know, when you fit it in, no problem. The proverbial square peg in a round hole or round peg in a square hole, if you will. When you fit it in, no trouble at all. That's because you have a teachable heart and when you hear something that is different to what you know you don't try and fit it to what you know you don't try and squeeze it into what you know but you just say okay I'm the one who's got to change and let me know, let me just tell you something you are always the one that's got to change not god If you want it to work in your life, if you want the gospel to work in your life, if you want to experience the power of God in your life, you've got to be the one to change. This piece is the soil of your heart. You are the one that has to accept the, the eternal seed, the imperishable seed of God's Word, Now, if I can find this one, it'll be a good trick. There you go. You've got to take the imperishable, eternal seed of God's Word, and if it doesn't fit or it's uncomfortable, then it will just lie on the soil of your heart like Mark 4 says and it will go away. Just because you hear something doesn't mean you've received something. When you hear something, Jesus said it in so many different parables, the, foolish, the wise and the foolish parable. Both hear the word of God. One hears it and puts it into practice. He said it that way. One hears it and puts it into practice, the parable of the soil that we see so often. We have to be the one to receive the word of God. And that means that you've got to, like, okay, recognize, wow, I have to, I've got to adjust my belief system. I have to be the one that's got to change to receive that, and sometimes that takes you on a journey. I'm telling you, there's truths that I've walked in that have taken me years to get through. I did not understand about. I wasn't. I I never. I never was raised with. um, uh, with an understanding of the Holy Spirit. I mean, I heard the Holy Spirit as part of the Trinity. He was part of the doctrinal statement of the church that I went to. But I never understood about being baptized in the Holy Spirit and speaking in other tongues. And so when I went to a church when I was in high school, and, I've, and, I, and I heard this church, and there was something very different about the teaching, and I was experiencing something so different in this church that I was going to as a 15-year-old, and, and I was like, what's different about this? It's, it's, it's like it, It's like the Word is alive, and I didn't understand it, and they, they spoke about the Holy Spirit, and when they took the pastor, Jim and Jenny Morkel took me to the back room and said, you know, have you been baptized in the Holy Spirit? And I was like, baptized? What do you mean? And they sat me on a chair and put their hands on me and started praying on me, and I was, I was like, and I started praying in the Spirit. I had no idea what it was. I'd never even heard about it before. And it scared the bejeebus out of me because I, I didn't know what, what was happening. And I, so guess what happened? I stopped praying in the Spirit because it was all just a, it was all just a thing. It was, a, it was an intellectual thing. I'm not going to just say those funny words and be like that. So guess what? It, I never was taught about that. Even in that church, I wasn't well taught. It took me three years something later when I got a good book and some good teaching later. I... Understood and was taught, and somebody somebody took me to God's Word, and I went and looked up the scriptures and studied the scriptures and saw, wow, that's a real thing. Irrespective of what my fancy big old denomination, that's very very worldwide and well known, said. And let me tell you this: that same denomination prided themselves in saying, "We believe the Word, brother." So listen, just because somebody says. We believe the word, brother. I've even heard people come out of those denominate that the same denomination, and say, What I love about that church is they just preach the word, brother. But when you go a little deeper and you go a little thing, are they accepting the word of God? But you see, we take things and we just, you, you know, that if you do not accept, the, the teaching, and, and you do not see if the reality of God's helper in you, and you don't understand the benefits of praying in the Spirit, you will live a practically a defeated Christian life. And you will go to heaven if you're saved, but you will not know how to pray as you ought. You won't know how to pray because you don't know what praying in the Spirit's about because you don't accept that. So you've scratched out Romans chapter eight, verse 26 and 27, and you've take, scratched out First Corinthians 14, verse two, and you've scratched out 1 Corinthians 14, verse 14. You've scratched out all these different Jude 20, verse 21, and verse 20 and 21. You, you've, just, you've just sort of deleted those from your Bible because that's uncomfortable. And so you do not live. we live a, 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 a less-than-abundant life. Because we have not received what God has for us. But you can. But I'm telling you, it's your choice. Will you accept and receive? Will you choose to have a teachable heart that will adjust and receive the Word of God? You know, um, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, he's um, verse... uh, Verse 1 and 2 particularly I want to read here. When I came to you, brothers, I did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom. So Paul, if you, if you study him at other places, Paul apparently was not a very good speaker. Yeah, the apostle, the apostle Paul who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament was not an excellent speaker. That means if you tuned into him on TV, maybe you would tune right past him because he wasn't qualified he he doesn't need he de, he's not good enough to be on a TEDx talk or a TED talk he was not an excellent speaker he says but but he says the testimony of God was with lofty speech or wisdom for I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified i i, I that has perplexed me for years i've wondered what does he mean by that you know just Jesus Christ and him crucified because we've got a lot, so much more teaching uh, you know, in the New Testament, what does it mean? Just because, yeah, yeah, I know he was crucified. Okay, Paul didn't, but everything, every belief in the New Testament hinges and is passed through the filter of Jesus Christ and Him crucified. What Jesus accomplished through His death, through His life, through His death, burial, resurrection, ascension—all of that—is is, is a lot of Christians. I'm telling you, a lot of faiths, faiths, Christian organizations who call themselves Christian. I'll tell you, you can take the cross out of it and and just say jesus came down with a big stick pointed his stick at you and said live better and that that would practically be their message you can do better and i'm telling you it's not about you doing better it's not about you doing better if you hearing if you hearing in lake haven church just do better then your ears aren't right yet because I'm not saying, nobody is saying here, do better. We're saying here, believe right. Yeah. Yeah. Align your beliefs. Align your heart with what God says. And there is effort involved in doing that. Right. Because you are going to be challenged. By default, you will be challenged. Amen? Be, be, expect, when you see something to say, dare the Holy Spirit to say, because you know what? He will not give you any more than you can bear. And at the same time, remember I said this is a journey from peace to peace. And this is why it's so important for you to understand the love of God and, and to, to, to realize, well, I say understand, I could, that's the wrong way to say it. It's so important for you to embrace the understanding of God's inc- unconditional love because that is the environment with which you can accept he, what He's got to say. When you accept the unequivocal truth that He loves you, that He's good to you, then you're going to believe that whatever He has for you is ultimately for your good. He is not going to be the Father that's going to give you a serpent instead of an egg or a stone instead of bread. He is ultimately going to have good for you. So no matter what it is that He has for you, it's going to end up being for your good. And so that, that, that environment of unconditional love is such an important environment. That's why our number one thing, reaching people with God's unconditional love. That's why we often talk about God's unconditional love, because it's in this environment that you can know that you, listen, guys, it doesn't matter how many times you fall down, don't worry, you can get up again. God is for you. He's your biggest supporter. Even when Peter denied him. I love that. I love the fact that how how Jesus went and restored Peter, not just on that beach, but when the angel, do you remember there's that one story, I think it's in, I forget, I think it's in Luke, but then I think it's in Luke when when the woman go to the go to the, the, the tomb of Jesus and the angel is sitting inside there, and they say, Hey, listen, who you who you're looking for isn't here. And they're like, What? And they say, Go and tell his disciples, the angel says, and Peter. Go and tell. The angel says, go and tell his disciples what you've seen here and and Peter. It doesn't matter how many times you've denied God. And I'm, saying, I'm just saying, it, it, it's, that, it's that environment of knowing that he's a restorer, that he is going to be good to you, that God, is, God loves his enemies. Yeah, well, that's a whole place to live. But, um, you know, uh, t- a few weeks ago when I finished off a, a series, you know, and I, it was called Victorious Living, and it's one of those series you could continue to in perpetuity. Sorry, I had to say that wrong. Perpetuity. Something like that. Okay. Okay. But, but it, you know, we started speaking about how important grace is. And, and grace is this essential uh, it is an essential piece of understanding what grace is, and, and we'll, we will have to unpack grace more, but, but for today, I just, needed to, ju- I just wanted to lay this, just touch on grace a little bit. Remember, I, I went into Hebrews 4 verse 16 that says, Let us with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in a time of need. Remember that? That, that is such a power. Um, if, if you go down to verse 16 there, um, can't see who's on there. The Rochelle, there you go. Then let us with confidence draw near to the throne of grace. You see that it isn't a throne of judgment. It is not a throne. Let's, let's draw near to the throne of judgment. It's not a judgment seat for us. We can draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and, I, and, you know, and, and, and find grace to help in a time of need. And, and so, you know, I'd said this as well in that series. I said that, that you know, we've, we've often blended words together like mercy and grace and love and compassion and goodness and kindness. And we sort of say they all mean the same thing. No, they don't. Kindness is not goodness. Mercy is not Grace. And in our walk of discipleship, we have to grasp and understand if we want to take hold of truth, we take hold of what these words mean. They are more than just words. They are depths of understanding that give you, give you handles onto what, what, God, what that means for your life. And I'm not just talking about an intellectual understanding. We've got to keep, when we talk about knowing stuff, Remember, when we talk about information or knowledge, it's not about hearing stuff. It's not about hearing it so that you can grasp it or that you can remember it and then you can repeat it or regurgitate it. That is just information. That is is not learning something. It's not about learning um, uh, grace means God's riches at Christ's expense. You see, now I know what grace is. It's not about trying to find a definition like that. It's about, it's about, or, or about regurgitating it. It's about understanding and, great, and seeking God and saying, okay, Lord, help me grasp what this word means and until you have an emotional attachment to that. When you have an emotional attachment to the knowing that God's goodness will never leave me or forsake me. Psalm 23 says His goodness and mercy will walk be behind me, will follow me. His goodness all the days of my life. His goodness Edways used to say the evangelist that I used to work for he says that means if you fall back what do you fall into goodness and mercy <laughs> He used to do a little illustration he would call one person goodness and one person mercy and he'd say walk behind me and then he'd walk all over the stage and then he'd do this big illustration where he falls back he says guess what catches you goodness and mercy but when you understand that God's it's good, God's goodness and kindness lead people to change their mind, lead people to repentance. When you understand that the word repentance doesn't mean stop sinning, stop sinning, stop sinning, repent. Repent, you filthy, so dirty, rotten sinner, you. The proverbial street preachers, right? You know, repent for the kingdom of heaven is nigh. Kind of their signs. Repent means To change your mind, metanoia. Repent and believe. Jesus said it this way, repent and believe the gospel of the kingdom. That's exactly what we're talking about. Change your mind about what you think you know and change your mind to what I'm telling you what the gospel of the kingdom is. Change your mind. It's 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 embracing so all of these words mercy mercy is this this place where God's willingness to treat you better than you deserve it's 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 what gives when you understand a little bit a little bit of God's mercy and know that his mercy or his kaside endures forever it never comes to an end it's new every morning There is never, you have never depleted the mercy of God, which means that you can boldly approach the throne of grace. Mercy is that peace that gives you the boldness to walk up to the throne of grace, because you know that no matter how much you've messed up in your life, you can find mercy, no matter how much you've messed up. And for those people who say, well, that means I can go and sin as much as I want to. You can. You can but it will harden your heart. It will create destruction in your life. It will bring death. Do you want death? Do you want the destruction that sin brings with you? Do you know that? Do you know that, <laughs> Look at your precious children. Look at your precious spouse and say, you know what? I can screw up my relationship with my, my spouse and I can, I, can, I, can, I can cause my children to hate me. Now do you want some sin? Do you want to play with sin? Because that's what sin does. Sin brings death to relationships. Yes. It's the strangest thing. It pushes you apart. It makes you hate God. It makes you, it makes you see God in the wrong way. It brings, it brings a hardness in your heart. You don't want anything to do with sin because it brings death. It's not because God's going to do something to you. Because, so, so, but, but people are constantly looking for the loophole. They think that they can get away, and it's like, no, 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 listen. But I'm just saying, I just want to, I just want to touch on this again. Mercy is God's willingness, God's willingness to, be, to treat you better. than It's what makes you willing to come over there. But then the help comes from grace, grace to help in a time of need. That is powerful. You can gra- lay hold of grace to help. And, and so, so those aren't, those aren't synonyms, uh, synonyms, but uh, I wanted to touch in, in this quickly. Romans 5, verse 1. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith or made righteous by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through Him, we've also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Now, you will see... Grace and and, and righteousness or faith mentioned often together, and 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 I, and, I, and I wanted to unpack this a little bit because you've got drop down to verse seventeen of that same chapter. For if by one's, one man's trespass death reigned through that one man, how much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness guess what? Righteousness is a free gift. You know that, right? You've been here. Free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. And then in verse 21, so that as sin reigned in death, sin reigned in death, grace might also reign through righteousness. You see, you see grace and righteousness leading to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And then I, I, I know I'm rattling through a few scriptures. You can replay this and listen. But Romans 6 verse 14, sin will, not have, domin- will have no dominion over us since you are not under law, but under grace sin loses dominion when you don't live under law. Believe me, I know that. I've got a whole bunch of those t-shirts. We're not going to go there yet today, but, but, you are, but sin, sin loses its dominion over you when you understand grace and you lay hold of grace. And then in Titus two verse eleven, for the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions, and live self controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age. Um, I, I just want to go that far for now, but it's a it's a beautiful pe- passage of scripture. You can read up to verse fourteen, I believe. But but grace of God is the grace of God is this this power that 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 I love to see, see here. It's like, but but this this is how I used to think in my. Um, In my journey, I used to think that, okay, well, we access grace by faith, which it says clearly. By grace through faith, we've received these things. So I've got to have, and I've got to crank up my faith tractor to get hold of grace. If you still think that faith is something you've got to crank up, you don't understand what faith is. Faith is not something that you crank up and work up. I mean, I came out of a Word of Faith background where I went to a Word of Faith Bible school, and I love it. I thank God for it. But one of the stalwart scriptures is Romans 10, verse 17. How many of you know that one? Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. So it was just like, well, listen, it's not about just playing the Word of God in the background on a tape, or, well, those were those days, right? Right. <laughs> tape cd mp3 playing it's not about just it's not about just reading the bible you can just read you can read the bible and not get faith right. and that's what i was i thought i was you know you can crank up faith by just no 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 it's faith faith is when you abandon yourself to take to, to absorb what jesus says and make it yours when you re, when you when you res, when you when you allow the truth to come into your heart when you allow the, this is better to say it, when you allow, it, when you allow your heart to be, to be adjusted and to change it, to receive that, then that is, that will, that is faith. You see, now, now when you understand that, that piece, um, grace, grace, you don't try and access grace by faith, but it's when you embrace what the truth is, that grace comes alive in your heart. Does that make sense? You see what you believe is what you believe in your heart is absolutely going to determine how you will experience your life. I'm not saying. And about everything, about everything in the Word of God. What you believe in your heart will determine what you will experience. I'm not saying that the truth is going to change. But you cannot experience the truth unless you believe it in your heart. And, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to need a little bit of great, uh, understanding from you to me to help unpack that over a little while. Because it will change your heart. It will change your life. When you choose to let your heart be adjusted and you you, when you choose to embrace what God says about something, that grace for that thing that you will come alive in your life, in your heart. Grace comes alive when you believe, when your heart aligns with truth. That that word of God can't come in until your heart aligns with the truth. This is truth. It's always true. The shape, what I, in my illustration here, the truth is always true. That isn't going to change. You can pray and ask God and do what you want to, jump in there. You can create rituals, magic, whatever you want to. You can chase and follow down a hundred different powerful speakers to try and get them to have a magic prayer for you. But truth is still truth. Your heart is going to experience it when your heart changes to accept the Word of God. When you align your heart with that truth, you will experience it. You will experience it here, and that is faith. You experience it here, and then faith is the evidence of things not seen. The faith is the same thing. It's the title deed. It's going to be exactly what you experience. And I tell you what, it doesn't even matter till that thing appears. you experiencing it. You will experience the health here before you get the health there. You will experience the prosperity here before you experience the prosperity there. The ability to make wealth, you will experience here before it comes out there. That's how faith works. But it's you lining up your heart with the truth? Amen. I'm telling you, there are some, I'm excited for where we're going to go with this. I want you to, I would like you, if you would, listen to this a few times, grasp what the Spirit of God is saying, because it's changing my life, and I'm telling you, where we, where we start unpacking, there, there are some fundamental truths that are more important than other truths in the Bible. There are some things that will radically change the way you see and experience the world. If you want to experience and enjoy an abundant life, there are some things that, that you have to be, there are some important truths that you want to do exactly that with. You want to embrace. You want, you want to align your heart with the truth. I'm, again, let me say that very clearly. I'm not saying align your truth with what me. What I'm saying. I'm saying go make sure that the Word of God, it's in the Word of God. You can't take my word for it. You've got to go to the Holy Spirit who is the teacher and the helper of the church. You've got to go to Him and say, show me, Lord. Show me, Lord. Is it true? What, do I understand it? I hear Shannon right? Or whoever you started listening, listen, I'll say this again just for free. I don't want to even charge you any extra. It's just like it's just, you, you can't, you've got to be careful who you listen to. Because if you hear 20 different voices this week, that, that is no different to taking a meal and putting it in a way, giving your whole, your, all your food for this week, putting it in a blender, and then blending it all together. So take your breakfast, lunch, supper for a week, and put it in a blender, and then see what that tastes like. It's not going to be, you, you, can only, you can only take in, you can only process, but be careful. And I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit will help you. That's His job. The Holy Spirit is your helper. It's His work. Learn to listen to the Holy Spirit in your journey of life. That is the most important. One of the most important things you can do because the Holy Spirit will lead you into life. You will pick up a uh, a, a very. You will start watching something and you'll go. Does that mean that that person is wrong? No. It just means you're not ready for that right now. And maybe they are wrong. Maybe you will have a feeling like, "Mm, not right now. And maybe you will never have a feeling for that. But learn to listen to that. Learn to listen to that. But if you try and stuff everything in and, you know, everybody, you know, young Christians are like babies. Everything goes in their mouth. And it shouldn't. No, that you know as a parent what should go in the mouth and what shouldn't go in the mouth. Right? Please If you don't know and you feel like you're on a journey, then welcome to the family. Come and join D group, and get to know people and come into a safe and loving environment where you can walk things out and go through. Please don't try and do this on your own. You're not designed. None of us are designed to be the body of Christ on our own. Really. It's important. Fellowship. Have good friends. Have people learn to find out who you can trust. You can't just trust everybody's Word. Those things, amen? Anyhow, I've, I've said a mouthful today. I just went, but it's so, grace, we need grace to, ha- to reign in life. Grace is an essential piece, but I want you to grasp that little piece. Grace comes alive when you receive God's Word. That's what faith is. When you receive God's word into your heart, when you receive, when you, I I didn't get there today, but I was going to go into the whole counsel of God because when you, when Paul talks about that in the book of Acts, he says, I didn't fail to give you the whole counsel of God. There is a whole counsel of God that we've got to be prepared to expose ourselves to. Not just our favorite pet little doctrines. There's a whole council of God, and we've got to be prepared to receive the whole council of God. You can study that on your own, but I mean, I can, I can, just, I can just give you the scriptures over there, but it's in Acts 20, 24 and to 27 he says." Um, uh, yeah, that's what I'm gonna, but I'm only gonna read. Let me just read read from verse 26. Therefore, I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all of you, for I did not shrink from declaring to you the whole counsel of God. I like this in verse. The Amplified. It says, "I never shrank." Verse 27 says, "I never shrank or kept back or fell short from declaring to you the whole purpose and plan and counsel of God." There, the willingness is yours, you have a will, and that is your choice, and I'm telling you, your will, you've got to understand this, your will is stronger than God, God will not and cannot make you do something or believe something, he can't, he won't, he gave man a choice, he gave you a choice, so the choice will always come down to you. What will you believe? On, yes. That's why Jesus even used the words, "Change your mind." Metanoia, change your mind and believe. But not everybody believed. Jesus didn't make them believe; he couldn't. Your choice. Will you change your mind and believe? Will you come in? Amen. Let's close. I, I, I ask you, Father. <coughs> We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're present with us today, right now. This moment that you never leave us or forsake us. We're so grateful, Holy Spirit, that you're a helper. Thank you for helping us. If you Mm -hmm. pray in the Spirit, I encourage you to pray in the Spirit. I encourage you to pray in the Spirit often. Because the Holy Spirit's job is to lead you and to counsel you and to remind you of things he told you and said to you. Please, 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 pray in the spirit often. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for helping us. Lord, we we choose. At least that's a choice you've gotta make for yourself. Will you choose? to have a teachable heart and receive his word. Now, it's easy here in this environment, but the time will come where you are going to be challenged by a truth. Let me tell you how that feels. When something comes up to challenge your current belief, most often it feels like this offended. You will be offended. In fact, a truth that offends you the most is often the truth that can set you free. So when you feel offended by a truth, my recommendation is, ask the Holy Spirit, say, Lord, what is the truth? Go and let the Holy Spirit go to your word, go to the Bible, go to the friends that you trust, go and read first the Bible, obviously. It's, God doesn't run the kingdom on democracy. If you get five friends in the Bible and your five friends say one thing, God isn't outvoted. Go to the word of God to determine, the word of God will determine what you believe. But we all, all are on a journey. We all have to make choices. Will you choose to yield your heart to receive that truth so that that grace can come alive in your heart? It is the pathway to better. It's a step to better. It will give you life. It will always bring peace. It will always bring peace. The emotion when you accept truth will always bring, pre- will bring peace. So, Lord, we heal to that. Holy Spirit, we, we just hand this to you. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're ministering to our hearts today. We receive what you have to say. We receive. We receive what you have to say. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. This morning, if you do not know Jesus... Please, that starts right there. If you're online, you can text the word prayer to our text-in church number. But if you're here and if you came with a friend, please, please know that those who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. It's as simple as that. Call on the name of the Lord. Come, please come see one of our prayer ministers. We have such awesome prayer ministers. Genuinely, our prayer ministers are well qualified, very well qualified to hear from God. They know how to minister to you. They are incredibly rich to speak to so I want to encourage you if you have, if you born again, if you do, haven't been filled with the Holy Spirit and want to be filled with the Spirit, please come talk to a prayer minister. We've also, if you want to study more on one of the topics, we've got material for you to study more on that. Amen. It's, uh, it's we want you to take this, we want you to walk this journey with us. We've got a world to change, people, and the way we're going to change it is right here by allowing ourselves to be changed first. Seriously, it starts right here. If you want to be a world changer, let the change start here. Amen? Amen. You are blessed and you are dismissed. Amen.